0: Want. Sweet chocolate, chocolate malt, candy, gumdrops, anything you want. You've come to the right man because I'm the candy man. Who can take a sunrise, sprinkle it with you, cover it with chocolate, and a miracle to the candy man. The oh, candy man. Who the candy man can. Candyman can cause he mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. The world taste good. Who can take a rainbow? Who can take a rainbow? Wrap it in a sigh. Wrap it in a sigh. Soak it in the sun and make a groovy lemon pie. Hello
1: can again. They... Welcome to an episode somewhere in the hundreds, 111, 112 who knows? We've recorded a lot. It's the feminine critique. I'm Emily. With me is the one, the only, Christine. Yay! Oh, it is Ooh. our special post Halloween edition. Is it not? I is it special? I, I tend to think all of our. They, I mean, are they're special. always
2: special. I mean, yeah, okay, well, you
1: know. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, you know, people like people like it the Halloween, and they it like is, the Halloween. It, it is. Uh, it, it is after uh, Halloween, but uh, you know, we 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 still all have Halloween hangovers, one way or another.
2: Look, we all like Halloween. Yes.
1: Now, tell me about your Halloween. I know you didn't really do much, but did you have trick-or-treaters?
2: No, yeah, we neither. live kind of far down a street in an area, and there's much better places for them to go.
1: Yeah, in my neighborhood, as I was walking home, it was exciting, because I like took a long way home, so I got to walk and see like all the kids trick-or-treating to the mm-hmm. stores, and um, and thinking oh maybe some of the kids will be in the apartment and like i had candy like just in case just in case because you never know but we didn't get any trick-or-treaters in our apartment yeah
2: we we did just in case last year because last year was our first year in this house and it's a really nice kind like look my house isn't nice i live in one sixth of a nice house (laughs) but it's a really nice neighborhood and there are a couple multi-million dollar homes within walking distance so like if you're gonna have kids walk around this isn't a bad area to do sure. it but like I get it they go to like you said like shopping areas and yeah.
1: get <clears> your maybe bank like for a... your buck where you can get a whole bunch at once
2: exactly like mm. a mile down the street there's like a grocery store and banks and little shops and like they were all running around there it was super cute but oh, yeah adorable. we don't get anybody yeah. this way
1: yeah, yeah. oh well um but i am excited to hear about a lot of your halloween watches before that i wanted to make sure we um both do a little bit of self-promotion because we don't normally do this but you missy are a writer i i am yes and
2: thanks for for noticing
1: (laughs) every now and then i remember these things um but i know you had briefly your novel was uh on sale or free i think right on amazon
2: yeah it was free um It was my short story book and my novel were free through Amazon. When they're not free, they're only ninety nine cents. each Ninety nine cents, people. Ninety nine cents.
1: That's like that's you you ninety nine cents. That is not a lot of money. That is what like five um, one fifth of a Starbucks.
2: I mean, if that's the way you (laughs) you want to break it down, yeah. There's a lot of different ways of doing this. (laughs) Yeah that's what i do i write things so thanks for your support so if a one lot of a to... lot of people that listen to this podcast are very supportive and fantastic yes, yes. and i thank them they are wonderful
1: but if for those <laughs> who aren't wonderful or those who just didn't know that you do these things um what how do people find these books to read and spend 99 cents on on amazon
2: um, my name is Christine Makepeace. In case people didn't know, um, spelled the way it sounds. I'm very easy to find on the internet. So if you, easy in if, other you ways search, <laughs> if you search <laughs> too, if you search me on Google or in Amazon, I come right up. Okay. So, so
1: everybody should do that. And then, uh, those what do of, you
2: have to promote? Uh,
1: well, for those of you who are in the New York area and who, on a Tuesday night at nine thirty, are like, "I want to go out and do something in Brooklyn. What should I do?" I'll tell you what you should do. On November thirteenth, you should come down to the Alamo Draft House in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, you don't have to be that cool, like. I'm so jealous. I freak out I'm because so I, I'm not cool jealous. enough for the for Williamsburg, but I'm going to try. Um, so I am going to be presenting a screening of none other than the very first movie I ever blogged about, Kathy's Curse.
2: I'm so jealous.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. Kathy's Curse is a amazingly terrible movie. Uh, it is. It was filmed in Montreal. It is, like, it, it is... It, it it like upsets me how not enough people knew know how bad it is uh but it did get like this deluxe treatment and blu-ray a few years ago and so alamo is screening it and i get to give a little introduction of why everybody should be very excited to watch it so that's so exciting i'm excited i wish you could come i wish all of you could come but if anybody's wish- in the new york area come on down
2: it's like new york sucked and then i left and you started doing cool stuff that's not true i loved it when i was there (laughs) yeah but it
1: got cooler not like that oh that sounded bad it got cooler when you left like i don't know it got cooler because then we we were we're sad about the distance but yes um so all these things and more but now on to more pressing matters what movies are we talking about today christine
2: <clears throat> pardon me i'm a little under the weather again yeah so, christine sorry.
1: has this uh, internet turning? spread virus that she got from her mother via cell phone and when last we spoke if everybody remembers i think christine was sick and like the next day i got sick so i'm pretty sure christine being sick now means i'm gonna get sick tomorrow so just an i told you so when next week when you listen and you hear me say yeah i got sick right after and
2: that- oh i hope you don't i'm sorry we're talking about Candyman, mm-hmm. and then the second Candyman. The second Candyman, <laughs>
1: Farewell to the Flesh. Yes. Yes. Uh, That's which what we're talking about.
2: I'm very excited to talk about these movies. I guess I am too.
1: Okay. We'll see what that means
2: <laughs> later on.
1: Before we talk about this excitement, Christine, what other movies have you been watching since we last talked?
2: Dude, I have the longest list in the world, yes. but I'm going to I'm going to keep it you, you do what tight. you're
1: going to do it is a Friday night.
2: I'm going to keep it tight. Um so we successfully did 31 movies. Wow. Um nice. I think the I think we missed one when I went to see Beyonce, but honestly, it's worth it. Um let's see. So I have a lot and I'll go through them pretty quick cuz some of them are obviously rehashes. Mm-hmm. Um but um uh, we rewatched The Exorcist. Okay. I had just read the book. I don't know if I mentioned this. You had not. Last. Um. So I had never read the book. I love um, uh, William Peter yeah. Peter William Peter Blatty. I can't tell. I'm very sick and on <laughs> so much detail, So if I don't make sense, I'm sorry. Um, I love him and I think he's great. So I finally read that book and I, it is easily one of the best books I've ever read in my life. Um, and so I said. Oh, Let's rewatch this movie with some context. Sure. Um, the movie is very good. The book is a hundred times better, which is a cliche thing to say, but whatever yeah, it is, not,
1: it's not um, always the case. I'm so I'm I'm dribbling dribbling with excitement because I'm really hoping I know what you're going to say next, but I don't well, know if I'm right.
2: I'm going to skip ahead. <laughs> in, the, in the no no, let me skip ahead. Okay, so okay. I Zach had been pushing, and this is a movie that you really like. No, yeah 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 it is yeah it is. Zach had said I. This is a real movie, we should watch this movie and, and I said, well yeah, because of who wrote and directed it I would like to watch this movie And um, So we watched Exorcist 3 Yes you did, oh
1: my god, did you love it?
2: It is so amazing It's so
1: fucking good I went on a a, a tirade at work yesterday Because somebody said something about watching The Exorcist and they're like, yeah, I don't know what to watch. No, I'm watching Exorcist. I'm like, oh no, you should watch The Exorcist Three. And then everybody's like, they made an Exorcist Three. Is that the one that came out like a couple of years ago with the Swedish guy? I was like, oh my god, oh my god, and I had to go on a rant about why The Exorcist Three is is the greatest thing in the world.
2: The Exorcist Three so is so, so I'm gonna. That's based on a book. Um, that Blatty also wrote mm-hmm. called Legion, which I plan on reading. So, what is so fantastic about The Exorcist Three from a nerdy weirdo obsessed with The Exorcist now point of view is how how much it is like fan fiction. Mm. It it is so much like fan fiction. Like I made Zach pause the movie and so i could rent we we also rented it and i was pissed i should have just bought it yeah there's a um, great
1: big release that came out a couple uh, like last year that has I'm, a whole bunch of stuff on it
2: i think i'm going to get it do it so it's so much like fan fiction it's absurd and amazing and wonderful it's focus it starts off focusing on two characters you wouldn't really expect them to focus mm-hmm. on and it it like fills in blanks it takes dialogue from the book from Mm -hmm. the exorcist that wasn't used in the in the first movie it's so fucking amazing and wonderful and perfect and i'm so mad that it took me so long to watch it (laughs) the dialogue is so
1: good it is and you i mean you've seen ninth No, i know you have because we've talked about it before ninth configuration
2: what i love
1: about both exorcist three and ninth configuration is that you can you feel that it was written and directed by a novelist yeah because the dialogue is so rich and it also it's delivered by fucking George C Scott and actors who can really deliver real dialogue mm-hmm. but there is something about that listening to that movie where you just realize like oh it's it's different when a when a real writer is making a movie he mm-hmm. listens differently and i mean it's also scary as fuck but it's just so good
2: it's 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 amazing yeah. it's really really great i loved it um, so I can't, I'm very much looking forward to reading that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I am officially a super fan, like, Exorcist changed my life, it was some of the most beautiful writing I've ever read, um, and Exorcist 3, if, if, for some reason you're like me and was like, eh, I don't want to watch it, shut up, go yeah. watch it, don't yep. be stupid. do it, do it. Um, so, have you seen that movie called Revenge yet, about the lady? I haven't,
1: no, I've heard so many people talk about it, but I have not seen it yet.
2: Very curious to hear your thoughts. Okay, we we rented it, um, like VODed it, um, so I don't think it's streaming.
1: I think it might be streaming on Shutter.
2: Oh yes, it is a hundred percent because we rented it and then got mad because we had done a Shutter preview. Don't. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts. I think it's very interesting. Okay, and I there's there's parts of it I didn't really love, but that's some just that's just me. It's not the revengey rapey stuff that i didn't love right. i thought that was all handled really well it was just other choices that wasn't really for me and not just i don't want to sound xenophobic but i think that might just be because of like my american sensibilities i just thought of some parts of it were over the top mm, okay, okay. <laughs> because you know whatever but okay. i liked it a lot and you should watch it
1: okay um, i will just waiting for it to come somewhere that i don't have to pay for it
2: yeah i totally get that um Rewatched Constantine. That movie's mad good. Mm. Um, went to the theater and saw Venom. Look, everybody hated it. I thought it was fine.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I,
2: I, I feel <laughs> it's like... another. It's not yeah. another Suicide Squad situation where I loved it and mm. would fight to the death for it. But, like, I thought it was fine. Okay. <laughs> well, I've, whatever. I've
1: rarely seen a trailer of a movie that made me say... I really have no desire to see that with like the same strength of that trailer and it wasn't that it looked terrible it just looked like geez i just do not need that in my life
2: yeah there's nothing i mean there's nothing new mm. and i said like hey we can skip this but like i don't know zach was cu- curious he had sure. i think morbid curiosity because the reviews had been so bad but like i didn't think it was that bad got it um rewatched Pumpkinhead. that movie's oh, nice. mad weird
1: yeah yeah <laughs> it's been a while. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, rewatched The Shining, just cause, nice. love that movie. So, we watched Mandy. I have not seen Mandy.
1: I've heard many people talk about Mandy. People love a- the Mandy.
2: Well, I didn't. Mm. I really did I didn't like it at all. Fascinating. <laughs> I was irritated through most of it. Um, I had a lot of problems with it, but people liked it. And I, I'm learning more and more that I have very strange taste, apparently, so...
1: Well, that's, I mean, I am fascinated by your taste sometimes because they're really, and it's not just, like, you're not contrarian. It's not like, oh, everybody loved it and I hated it. That's not you. It's just really interesting to me when, when you have an extreme, when you love something everybody hates and vice versa, I always find it's for such interesting reasons when I eventually watch it and I think like, where does Christine, oh, I see why Christine felt that way. It's, it's very interesting to me.
2: Well, thank you. You have interesting taste, too, and you. sometimes it confuses me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I w- would love to hear your thoughts on this as yeah. well. I will never cover it on this show because I don't ever want to watch it again. Fascinating. Um, it was too much of what it was. Got it. It's <laughs> just too much. Um, tried to watch a movie called Look Away.
1: Look Away. I don't know this. It,
2: yeah, it's new-ish. I will just say that I shut it off, and I hated it. <laughs> and if anybody else in the world that listens to this show watched it, I want to talk to you about how much I hated it. That's all. It was just so bad, and I was like, nope, shutting this off. Ooh, the,
1: the one-line synopsis on IMDb makes me curious. Look Away is a psychological thriller that tells the story of Maria, an alienated high school student whose life is turned upside down when she switches places with her sinister mirror image. That sounds really fun. It sounds
2: amazing. Oh, Jason
1: Isaacs, Mira Sorvino. Do you, do you see why I watched it? I do. I would watch this.
2: Shut it off.
1: Oh Couldn't man, do it. really? Okay. There's
2: some weird shit. There's some weird like. Look, I don't. I'm just. You know how some people say like, "Oh, I'm getting too old. I don't want to watch movies mm. that that push the boundaries and make me uncomfortable." Like, I don't need to watch. I don't know sallow or whatever. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I don't like I don't need to watch these movies that make me feel away. And I get that. Like but for me, I don't need to watch movies that sexualize teenage girls and push um plastic surgery mm, and girls. And yeah. try to convince me that a very lovely, vibrant, beautiful girl is movie ugly. Like I don't need that in my oh, life. Yeah. And that's very much what that movie was doing. Got it. So shut that off. Um, I watched the the haunting, but the original haunting. Nice. So, um, nineteen for, for, for I don't know the 60 year. Sixty uh, something. Sixty something. Yeah, like sixty six, sixty four. Who can say? I don't have IMDb <laughs> open. But it's the first adaptation of the haunting of Hill House, which I had never seen. You oh and, wow, that's an exciting first watch. It was so good, it's and not good. just good because I'm a nerd, but Zach really liked it too, and it has a lot of, like, really interesting camera angles and mm-hmm. tricks and stuff. Oh, yeah. it's, really, it's really beautiful, um, so happy I watched that. Nice. Um, oh, here's a movie that, did you see it? I don't know, I'm trying to remember. Did you see The New Halloween?
1: I did see The New Halloween. I know <laughs> Halloween. you loved it. I want to hear...
2: I loved it. So fucking much! I could talk for three days about how much I loved this movie. I cannot express. Look, look, everyone! I don't understand why people didn't like this movie. <laughs> how did you feel about it? You were like lukewarm. Is okay, I'm. I'm I I gonna.
1: Had? I'm gonna say. Okay, I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it. Here's the other thing that I think I felt very. I realize that. I think maybe explains a little bit of my feelings on it. I also can say about Halloween H2O, I like it. Oh. I don't love it.
0: because oh, I, love I think
1: H2O. To, and that's, the, that's exactly the thing. To me, this felt very similar to H2O, where it's, okay, this is a big budget treatment of a property that I'm used to seeing handled in a more low budget way. Okay, fine. Okay, ja- and Jamie Lee Curtis, like in H2O, is the best thing in the movie, and she's amazing and fantastic, and I would watch, I don't know, her like home design show for, forever, uh, I found watching it. I I did like it. It's a good movie. I think it is clever. I think it is really smart about certain decisions it makes. Mm-hmm. Um, my problem, plain and simple, was I liked it. I was never really not emotionally isn't the word. I don't. I was never physically into it. Like I was never scared. I was to me the ending went on. Forever. And it's, it's, I mean, it's longer than your average slasher. It's like an hour 40. But it felt to me like this is a two and a half hour movie. The final sequence just kept going. And I, I think, I know, I know, I mean, I sat next to Jason watching it, who was screaming and jumping. <laughs> so I know it works on people, and that's great. But that stalking sequence just left me thinking, I'm, damn it, I'm really hungry now. I should have had pizza before the movie. So, but I liked it. And I think there were some really clever things. Um, like, one thing that I had pointed out to Jason on Facebook is like, there's a lot of like little humor that I think is really subtle. That, like, at one point when, um, Lori, not Lori, little Lori, Lori Lori's granddaughter, mm-hmm. when her friends are like talking about her family and they're like, oh, geez, if I were your family, I just wouldn't celebrate Halloween. I would start celebrating Christmas as soon as and October happens. And then
2: Judy Greer has a Christmas vest or, she's yeah, she's on or wearing whatever, this ugly Christmas it. sweater
1: the whole movie, so and funny. they never make a comment about it. It's just there. <laughs> Love like it. I think there's a lot of things like that I think some of the characters really pop and are really likable like the babysitter who gets murdered who like is really oh, fun yep. and then like with that it also like almost that was something that almost hurt it for me because then I'm like oh like it, it almost hurts more when you imbue your dead teenager characters with life and likability and all that because now I do feel conflicted about enjoying this in a sense um, so I just, it was a mixed I, I liked it, I think it's good It just didn't speak to me the way I would have liked it to
2: mm, I understand that, I it didn't scare me mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you on that I never felt like Tense or worried or whatever mm-hmm. um, But like I brought a lot of my own Stuff sure. to this movie yeah. I guess, I didn't realize that So I I wept through the last Aww. Five to ten minutes yeah. into the into the into the credits, couldn't get up, couldn't leave because yeah. I was crying so hard. Um, I was uh, in a very abusive relationship with a person that related to Mike Mike Myers on a level that was disturbing. Mm. Um, like got tattoos and like very not a good person. Mm-hmm. And um, r- like for a while, the only movies that we saw in the theater were. Slasher movies, like, we saw Freddy vs. Jason and H2O and Resurrection in the theater because, like, that was the only thing he would watch. He was a disturbed individual, still is. Um, And I'm not going to spoil the end of this movie, but the end of this movie, like cracked something open in me and I just sat there and cried and I was like, this is the most
0: important movie I've (laughs) ever seen in my
2: life.
1: (laughs) It does. It, It has, I think, a great ending and again, not spoiling anything, but it is an ending that you're like, yeah, that was earned and that had weight to it. Yeah, I'd agree.
2: It was it so like I liked it. I was I was solid like, and then it ended the way it did, and I was like, this is maybe my favorite movie of the year. <laughs> nice. Like I don't know. It was super cathartic and like amazing yeah, in yeah. a way that I would have never expected. Sure. Um. So like people that didn't like it, like okay, I get that you didn't have the experience that I did with it. That's mm-hmm. fine. But like it was also really competently made. So yeah,
1: which is so like, weird you for wanted. a Halloween movie. <laughs>
2: I, I like. I get that, and I think that's cool. Like, I I like it. It's it to me felt this is a big swing, but I'm gonna go for it. Like, I really like Marvel movies specifically, and superhero movies when they are done in a certain genre now, because it's it's very tired and rehashy when they're just like a superhero movie is just a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. But like Winter Soldier, for instance, was yeah, very genre genrey. Yeah. Exactly. So that really works for me. I'm, again, big swing, but this I felt worked really well because it was super updated and like current mm-hmm. in in a way that the source material I think deserves. Yeah, okay, I, I'll I'll give you that. But like, I don't know, it was good. I liked it. Um, that was me talking forever about that. I'll stop. Um
1: <laughs> still have two days. I mean,
2: <laughs> I on I can't wait till it comes out so I can buy it. I want to watch it. I said to Zach, I want to watch this every day of my life. <laughs> I I love it so much. Ugh, uh, emotions. Um. So I rewatched Thirty Days of Night because I remember hating that movie. I like that movie.
0: And,
2: yeah, you know what? The problem is the last little bit of it, last five minutes, really ruins what is otherwise a great movie. Huh. I don't
1: like. The, I don't like the end of it. Like the very very end
2: the of it. Very, the fate
1: very of a, a lead H two O actor. <laughs>
2: Yes uh, um, a certain person that I live with refers to it as a bro sacrifice <laughs> and, like, and, and like I remember being like I didn't like this movie and then we were watching it and I'm like why didn't I like this movie yeah. It's so good and then I was like oh this that's awesome. that
1: director that's David Slade who did Hard candy and the third <laughs> Twilight movie which is the which is actually if it wasn't a Twilight movie would have been a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> like it's directed yeah. well. It's a movie that you're like, oh, this it, is this movie is, is awful right. because the cause this is still terrible characters and a terrible story.
2: But you know,
1: it looks really good. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I like that movie. I will I will mm-hmm. say now that I like it. Other than the last ten minutes, I gotcha. won't let that ruin it. Um, watched haunt the haunting of Molly Hartley.
1: I've this keeps going by on Netflix. I vaguely yeah, remember when we this came it. out.
2: They w- won't stop. They've pushing- been
1: really trying to push it. Yeah where is it
2: haunting of there she is it's got a lot of eight recognizable people in it and it also feels a lot earlier than 2008 in my opinion but um it was kind of boring the ending is cool it it does something cool and then i wish the whole movie had been that cool
1: Okay, I'm looking at the the stills are like showing in a slideshow on Netflix. Uh, need to, I'm sure next year probably Scott and Cat will cover it on Married with Clickers because it has Annalyn McCord in it. It looks like, <laughs> yes, and they cover all of her <laughs> movies.
2: So I, I, it was I, the end was really interesting. So if you if you ever want to suffer through something that's super rote and boring just to get to like an interesting ending, go for it. You know, for me that's not a bad sell. I might do that. I, like, and you could split it up easy. Got it. That's
1: very helpful to know, as you know.
2: Because it's not... Actually yeah. scary. You could you could split it up. Got it. Um. So I don't know if you watched this, but this is another one Netflix wouldn't stop with. Um. Hold the Dark. No. So Hold the Dark, and again, I'm hopped up, so correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty sure it's the director of Green Room.
1: Oh, right, right. right. Yes, it is with Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So, and um, Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Um. So phenomenal cast. It's really, really good. It's no green room, but okay. what is? Um. But it was good, and it was one of those movies that like I ca- I keep thinking about. Like, and Ooh, okay. it was it was really pretty, and the themes in it are really interesting. And I'm pretty sure it's about colonization as well. Um okay. So it's really good. Uh, it's kind of. I think it's over two hours though.
1: Yeah, I'd see, I've seen mixed opinions on it i would seen people that loved it and then people that kind of said it was boring so that kind of kept me from immediately yeah going out and adding it to the queue
2: i didn't think it was boring i don't it didn't change my life but it definitely it. wasn't something i was like oh it sucks that i just wasted two hours of my life mm-hmm. on that it was it was cool and it was interesting and there were a few like oh there's a one if you have issues with gun violence there's one scene that is like deeply upsetting like the violence in Green Room at yeah, times, yeah, people upsetting. Sure. Again, in here, it does he, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, he
1: handles violence with the magnitude it should have.
2: Yeah, and he—I mean,
1: in, um, what's the other one? Blue Ruin, it's, similar. Yeah. it's yes. When somebody gets shot, like that—that's a thing, and you feel it. It's, and it's heavy
2: not, and, it, and yeah, and very much. Just serving, yeah. And so there's an extended sequence in this that is similar, and like to the point where, it, like, I if it kept going on, I was gonna maybe have to like take a breath, walk mm-hmm. away for a minute. Gotcha. It was just a lot. Um, so I think this is a movie that Jason likes, and I don't know if you have seen it, but it is Last Shift. Oh yes, I do like this. I I like it, but I kind of hate the ending. I I hate the ending too. So yeah, this is very rarely. are Zach and I split on a movie. We we usually go like, like right to the same things. If we don't like it or sure. agree wholeheartedly, this one he was not keen on. But I I got I actually thought huh. a lot of the visuals worked. Uh, yeah, me
1: too. It's it's really sparse, but that works. Like it. Yeah. It's I mean it's an okay. abandoned police station. And then all you need is one thing in there that shouldn't yep. be there, and suddenly you're really
2: on edge. It does a little with, it does a lot with a little. Definitely, um, yeah. And, and that's good, and I respect that. Like there were some visuals and some some like little tricks that yeah. I was really impressed with, but he overall kind of found it a little bit boring. Yeah, interesting. Um, I didn't love the end.
1: Yeah, I just it was not the ending I I wanted, and it was at a time period. I think when I watched it, I think. There was a very particular time in, you know, the country recently where I think I watched it right around then, and it was just like (laughs) at that point where I'm like, I just want happy endings. I want happy endings, and I, yeah, yeah, we'll just say that.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally get that. Um, But like, if you're on the fence about it, I think there is a lot there, definitely, definitely, looking at because I, I wasn't sure, and then we were like, let's just give it a shot because my mom likes it too.
1: Well, well, then (laughs) yes. The her
2: likes. It. Her taste is questionable. Rarely, <laughs> um, rewatched Beetlejuice because nice. obviously I watched Witchboard for the first time. <gasps> oh, isn't it great? I thought it was going to be a super sexy supernatural thriller. Well, it's it was... a
1: super sexy bromance between two men who are like, I didn't totally in love. That
2: the movie was about. <laughs> yeah, that's no that's idea. like a whole chapter
1: in Men, Women, and Chainsaws.
2: I had no idea. Yeah. I sometimes don't read about movies i've never seen that's fair it's just a thing but it makes getting books about movies very uh fulfilling because you can then go back and that's the thing
1: because it's on one (laughs) hand when you read about a movie you haven't seen it's it's hard to like really take anything in and it also then spoils it when you actually watch the movie
2: so yeah so i i didn't expect what i got but what i got was real interesting and um we re- We rented that, too. I think I'm going to buy it. Um, I would like to watch it over and over again because sure. I don't necessarily understand what I saw when I watched it. It was weird. It's a weird movie. Um, two more. 28 Weeks Later. <gasps> I don't know why I convinced myself that this was a good movie. What? It's real bad. What? Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Are are you like serious? This is I think I've... this is better than 28 days later. It's so stupid. You're wrong. <laughs> when was the last time so uh, You are so stupid. maybe like 3 years ago cuz I was so excited to show it Brandon and he was
2: Watch doing like it, it again. I I I bought it on Blu-ray just because I was like I need to watch this all the time. I don't know what I was thinking.
1: What did you not like about this? All of it. The, the opening is so good.
2: E- yeah, I, the opening is good.
1: <laughs>
2: you have you're Rose just, Byrne and so Robert Carlyle
1: and Jeremy Renner.
2: And yeah, Harold Peridou. And, 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 and Idris and Elba. And Idris Elba. I know. Look.
1: And hey. you have scary fast zombies. And you... Like I'm, I'm just at a loss for words because I feel like we've talked about this before, and we've both been like, "Yeah, it's a superior 28 Days Later movie."
2: Look, I don't know. People change (laughs) for the worse. Yeah, I think you mean people de-evolve. That's true. I don't know. Like again, I I talk about this a lot. I watch movies with a very specific person. He was like, "Why do you like this movie?" And I was like, "We're gonna watch it, and I'm gonna." Show you why, and then I couldn't back up any of it. I was like, "Oh, you're right. This
0: is dumb." I'm still,
2: <laughs> I'm still like, so I don't. So I think sorry. we might just have to end the show right
1: now because I I'm think sorry. I need to rewatch the movie and, con- and and then confirm that yeah, this is really good, and then get back on and tell you I'm I'm going to stop, pause it again, and watch it again. I love Twenty Eight Weeks Later.
2: I thought I did too. What the hell,
1: listeners? If you think I'm right. Please tell us on Facebook if you think Christine's right. Don't say anything. Go to just, angelfire.net, <laughs> Femininecritique.com slash org <laughs> and leave your thoughts there because you're wrong. So waste uh, your time. Yes,
2: Emily's right. Uh, I am wrong. Wow. Um, I maybe I'll maybe I'll watch it again in two years oh. and be like, yes, this is it. Um, I don't know. It was just a weird experience because I thought I liked it. Um, another weird it's experience. A weird experience and... for me
1: right now because I thought I liked you.
2: Oh boy, you're real mad at me. Hi. Uh, well, here's a movie. Dude, have you seen Lord of Illusions? I never have. I didn't like this movie either.
1: I I, I don't know that I know anybody that does like that movie. <laughs>
2: uh, he makes me watch bad things. I think I'm in I think I'm in, a, an in an abusive relationship. Yeah, it sounds like. Um, it. he was like, "Yeah, you're gonna love this movie." I. I don't really like Clive Barker very much, ironically, being, <laughs> was what we're talking about today. Um, no, that's, that's a bold thing to say. Not that I don't like Clive Barker. I just sometimes don't feel like I, like, he and I aren't really on the same wavelength. Sure, I got you. Which is like, which is fine. I get what he does. It's great. People like it. Mm-hmm. Not, not so much me. There's lots of flesh and pain. Yep. And suffering. And like, it's just not really where I'm at, which is, which is fine. That's, but like this movie, I don't know. It's weird. Scott Bakula's in it. Mhm. Yes, he is. So, I mean, that's a thing. Where did we watch that? I feel like it was streaming somewhere. It's streaming somewhere if you want to watch it.
1: I have no desire because I've never heard anybody say enough good about it. I've heard people say, like, oh, you can see that there's good ideas there. But that's not enough to make me watch a movie.
2: Um, As well it shouldn't be. Mhm. Um, it was a weird – I like – you know how sometimes movies are like time capsule movies, sure. and it's like people are dressing a certain yeah, way. Yeah, I mean H.
1: Two O. is like that in a
2: sense. I've yes, exactly. So like for that, if you're into like it's super nineties, if you're into into like big suits and mm-hmm. like Fomke Jansen wearing lots of see through stuff, like then there you go.
1: Hey, you know,
2: strap in. Next time but I'm
1: in the mood for that, I will tune in.
2: You you know where to look. Ha <laughs> ha. And and that's it for me. All right. Hopefully so you got through your 31. Yeah, we did it. I think it might have only been 30, but like it's okay. But we we mostly did it, which is I,
1: good. I I think that's an accomplishment. I did I don't know how many movies I watched, <laughs> but I did not come near 31. Um, let's see what I got. So um rewatch. So for me it was a rewatch and I was excited because Brandon hadn't seen it and I really wanted him to watch The Visit because I thought he'd really like it
2: oh yeah did he like it uh, not no. that much
1: he didn't hate it the problem his problem was i think um he looked at me at the end he's like i figured it out too quickly
2: yeah
1: and too. it's it's a movie that i don't think again like I, to me the twist doesn't root ru- the reveal rather it doesn't ruin it because it doesn't cheat it's not like it undoes everything mm-hmm. but i could see what he was saying of like but if you know it it just reads a certain way so then you're kind of you know, it lacks a little bit of, I guess, the kind of suspense that it would have otherwise.
2: Well, yeah, because I've rewatched it since watching it, and it still was, it still watched well. hashtag yeah. Watch Yep. So, did you feel the same way about it? Yeah, no, any- I,
1: I, still really like it. I think, <laughs> um, I think the kids are so good. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, to me, it still really works, and and I like that it doesn't cheat. It, it everything is there right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it work even better. So no, I still really I dig it. Uh, let's see. I watched a movie that I had been wanting to rewatch for for decades uh, because I because it aired once on TV in like 1990 something, and then for years later I was like, wait a minute, is this real? Did that happen? And finally on Amazon Prime, you yes you too can pull up the 1991 TV movie of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, starring <laughs> Lynn and Vanessa Redgrave.
2: I didn't know that was even a thing.
1: Yeah, it was a thing. And I had, like, random memories of it where I remembered, like, different screen images from it. And sure enough, it showed up on Prime. Uh, it It's kind of fascinating. And anybody who's like me, who's a big Baby Jane fan, like, definitely watch it. Because what's really interesting about it is... I mean, the Red Graves are the Red Graves. They are incredible and amazing, and they're doing everything they can. But it is a made-for-TV movie. And so you can see the budget's restricted. Mm-hmm. It, like, it's not filmed well. Like, it just doesn't... For what they're doing, like, the camera's very static. The house is very blah. Like, it just doesn't have any of the kind of driving weird atmosphere you want from that movie Mm -hmm. except it does do one really interesting thing with the um god, I can think of the character's name but the Victor Bruno character is played by the guy in I can't I don't know the actor's name but he's in Scrooge he's like the smarmy network executive
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. and he
1: sort of plays it as like he's a sleazy wannabe agent talent manager slash drag queen and so it just gets like a little zany where you Wish like it pushed a little bit further because it's definitely like ooh this could have been really campy or really like gender trippy and everything but it doesn't go far enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's still worth a watch so I enjoyed revisiting it. And that's on Amazon on Amazon Prime. Yep. How random, right? Uh, On Netflix Instant, I watched a movie that Netflix has keep shoving at me so I finally watched it. Uh, Tale of Tales.
2: I I swear, our Netflix needs to talk. I don't even (laughs) know what this is. In fairness,
1: this is kind of like fairy tale ish, and I know you're not. That's not really your thing. That's true. So this is directed by the guy who directed Gamora. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is crazy cast: uh, Salma Hayek, John C. Riley, Toby Jones, and and Vincent Cassell. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, This is a sort of. Uh, it's not an anthology, but it's, like, sort of three intertwining stories. It is set in mm-hmm. a sort of mythical, medieval landscape uh, done – I guess these are based on Italian fairy tales. I'm not familiar with them, but they're – I think they are, like, real fairy tales. And mm-hmm. so, you know, one story is about um, Vincent Cassell is a king who lusts after – Women and then he ends up sort of falling in, thinking he falls in love with an old woman who is a is kind of a witch sort of thing. Like it's that kind of <coughs> weird story mm-hmm. type thing. I don't know if you would like this because it is very fantasy, but it's also like adult fantasy. Like there's a lot of sex in it, a lot of violence in it. Um, it took me a little bit to get into, and it's long. It's a good. I was just I'm looking at it right
2: now. It looks like it's really long. It is very long. You can break it up. Say. Like you can definitely like watch feel it in long? chunks.
1: You know it did in the beginning It took me because the first like half hour I'm like is anybody going to actually have a conversation with anyone Like Mm -hmm. or is it just going to be a lot of imagery Passing by and stuff But then once it kind of Once once each of the three stories sort of like Hit their their narrative Then I was really into it Uh, The thing I didn't like is that it For it being a fairy tale It kind of ends rather Without kind of the like Closure I would have wanted On something like Mm -hmm. this so it was, it's hard to say, like, it's a little bit unsatisfying, but it's also gorgeous. And so if you like those kind of like, um, uh, oh, not like the fall, but that's the first thing that comes to mind, because it does feel like this also could have been a perfume commercial at times. Yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed it for that. I don't know if you'd like it. You might want to try it. And after mm-hmm. a half hour, if it's not doing it for you, just give up. But it's, it's my kind of thing
2: hmm all right i'll look for it yeah my my netflix doesn't show me these things i
1: I don't know what to tell you
2: so weird
1: uh also watched on a movie i'd recorded off a tcm three years ago on my dvr and it was still there uh 1960 somethings uh horror express Ooh, never seen it this is fun you need to you'd love it peter cushing vincent uh not vincent price um Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, mm-hmm. and then Telly Savalas also
2: in there. Ooh, exciting.
1: Uh it's fun. It's apparently I didn't even think about it as I was watching it, but then I was reading about it and realized, oh yeah, that does make sense. It is an adaptation of the thing from another world.
2: Huh. it is I don't know a if I the knew that same
1: story. Like when and when you only set on a train where there is a creature that is able to kind of possess zombify, whatever you want to call it other beings on there and it is actually the thing it's fun Mm -hmm. it's just it christopher lee and and, um peter Cushing are are clearly having a really good time and they play like they're what it's not one's good one's bad it's they're both kind of the heroes but they have such great interplay with each other and so like it's just a delight to watch them and then i read in the um the like trivia of it that Peter Cushing almost dropped out because his wife had passed away shortly before filming. Mm-hmm. And he was still grieving and was really upset. And Christopher Lee convinced him to do it because Christopher Lee really thought he needed the distraction. And, yeah. that, and then this is, it gets even cuter that apparently Peter Cushing was still like so depressed and so sad that sometimes Christopher Lee would like sleep in the same bedroom as him because like oh. he just thought he needed him the other. I know, I know, right?
2: How sweet. That's so sweet. And it's also Where did you – uh, I had recorded this? it
1: off a of TCM a long okay, time ago. Okay,
2: yeah. Okay, so you didn't. I would need to. No, so to it's rent- probably, probably rentable
1: or somewhereable. It's yeah. you know, it's a sixty-year-old movie, so it's out there. Yeah, but
2: yeah, I'm watching, very lazy. I've I gotten understand. very lazy in my old age.
1: <laughs> I do understand. That's why the next uh, couple of movies were actually Netflix discs, because I still do that, in part for this kind of reason. Uh, we watched Brandon had gotten from Netflix, and I had never seen it, and always wanted to <laughs> because of two pop culture references uh, and that is my dinner with andre
2: uh never seen it also
1: yeah. uh i my only knowledge of it was the community episode and mm-hmm. um on and uh best at, not best in show um waiting for guffman at the end when christopher guest is de- debuting his waiting my um, dinner with andre action figures this is good it's i you know it took me a little bit of time to get into and I was mm-hmm. you know I, I knew going in okay this is two men eating dinner and talking philosophy and it's go- probably going to be pretentious and all that but it really I don't know it just it it is almost weirdly unpretentious because it's just it is about this conversation and it's believable it, it flows you start kind of getting really into it and, and charmed by it and seeing one's point of view and disagreeing with the other and it, it's yeah it's 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 unlike anything else and it, it's mm-hmm. definitely worth watching and then watch the community episode after. Cause it's really okay.
2: Uh,
1: my other Netflix disc was the first purge or purge year one or whatever it's called. The most
2: recent, the one. most
1: recent one. Did you see okay. it?
2: Yeah. What did you think? I didn't love it. Okay. And I had loved the other ones. Yeah.
1: T- I, typically. See my thought on this one, I'm like, you know, it's, I think there's a few things going on. I thought it was good. I thought it was well-made. I really liked some of the actors. I thought, like, <laughs> the, the yeah. two leads, essentially, like, the, the drug dealer kind of turned hero and sort of the, like, female, uh, yeah. like, political one. Like, I really liked them. I dug them. I liked what they did with their characters. It's It is well-directed. It is well-acted. I realize the problem I have with the Purge movies is that they've just gotten – it's like the better they get or the more um, – not political because they've always been political. And, I mean, the purge election year is super political, yeah. but it's also really zany. Like there's crazy shit happening in election year. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's just like it's hard to to find the fun in it because it feels really, really upsetting in a way. Yeah. The politics of it are so on-the-nose – where it's just like, yeah, they, they would do it in the projects and they would send in, uh, you know, mercenaries dressed like KKK because this is the world we live in. And it, it's just not as – it's good. but And it's – I'm really I'm, – I love this series. I want them to keep pumping them out. I, I don't know if you've watched the TV show. I love I have the it. TV show. Have you show. been watching it? Oh, yeah, my God. I, I love it. have seen any of it. it it's really – the show was really fun to start. And then, it, like, it kept surprising me. Like, it really would. Like, there was a bunch of storylines where you really figure, oh, it's going here, it's going here. Oh, oh, no, it's not. And the final twist, and uh, final, there's still one episode left, but, like, the last reveal they did was so good and then turned into something so funny and ridiculous, but yet really... Uh, current that it's and if anybody's watching it maybe they know what I mean basically the second to last episode when you learn a little more about Joe I think that it's just been done brilliantly Um, and so I I guess with this film I just kind of wish it had and like it does have a sense of humor I just wish I don't know I wish I could have fun like I don't have as much fun with it because I think it's just too real yeah you know I could see that yeah Uh, but it's good um, two two left for me. One is I finally finished the Maze Runner series by HBO Go. <gasps> I
2: got I got the um, three-pack Blu-ray for nice. my birthday. Oh, very nice.
1: <laughs> it's funny, this movie I those started because I loved the first two. I loved the first one. I liked the, the second one. I think I might have liked the second one even more. I read the books and this was the case where I found the movie is so much better than the books. I really felt they kind of livened it up and... The, the thing I didn't like about the books And that, I kind mean, the one part of the movies I really don't like, is like, I just kind of don't Give a shit about the mystery, and like Because it's just never developed well Like, we're yeah. always seeing it from the point of view Of characters that don't really know about it, so It's really hard to care about this Mystery when it's like, oh, you're just going to throw Some explanation on it at the end, but you've taken A really long, long time to get there, and I think The movies kind of do a better job of like Not making that as important as just The action, I think, and, mm-hmm. the, and the Relationships Um, so once I kind of got past remembering what was happening in these movies, I really enjoyed it.
2: Um, I thought the, for me, and I haven't rewatched the third one since the theater, but for me, the third one was my least favorite. Mm -hmm. I was blown away by the first one. I thought the first one was like an amazing example of this, you know, newish genre of movie. Yep. Yep. and i thought i thought it was just so good and i thought the second one really elevated it mm-hmm. to like and it felt like a real genre e movie
1: yes uh,
2: like it it's it's like post apocalyptic it's zombie it's yeah. it's like so good and then the third one i was just kind of like oh
1: and i think that's just the narrative of it i think the third yeah. one where it uh struggles is that oh this is how the, this is how the story ends and it's just not that great that great way to end the story yeah so now yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I watch—I'm surprised you haven't watched it because I feel like Netflix is shoving this down everybody's throats. Apostle. I
2: have seen it go by. I think it's on our list, but yeah, okay. we didn't—we haven't watched it yet. What do you am, think?
1: Oh, I'm really curious for you to watch it because this is one of those movies where I felt like you in that like oh, this movie is made for me. Like, it is set in the, like, late 1700s, early 1800s. It's about kind of a cult on an island. It's super violent. Oh, my God, everything about this should work. I kind of hated this movie. Really? I just found, this was a case where, so, okay, a lot of times I watch movies when I'm commuting to work, as you all know, and typically I kind of time it out, and I looked at this movie. I'm like, oh, it's two hours, 10 minutes. Okay, it'll end up being, like, three commutes. It'll end up being going to work, coming back, and then the next day. And I get on the bus, go to work, and it's one of those terrible days where there's accidents and traffic and buses are rerouted. And so I'm watching this movie, and I'm still watching this movie, and I'm like, this movie, is is anything going to happen? Is it going to happen? And then I realize, oh, my! But everything has made this trip, which is normally like a 55-minute commute into an hour 15. So I'm an hour 15 minutes into this movie. Uh, Wow, I still have another 50 minutes of this movie. I wonder if anything will happen at any point. And then it does, but, like, it it does in a way where you're like, you didn't need an hour 15 to get to stuff happening.
0: Oh, I this don't know. is not I do not
1: care for it. I. It's well acted. Everybody in it's great. Michael Sheen's in this, for God's sake, and he's always mm. great. Uh, it looks great. Really, it's a good-looking movie. I just don't understand why anybody thought this movie needed the runtime it had. I Yeesh. really don't. I was bored a lot, and I didn't – wasn't – Invested because nobody made Me invested because they don't give anybody Enough to care about I still don't really understand anything about the cult That I think I was supposed to know about so Mm -hmm. This was for me like Huge disappointment but I I'm curious if others felt the same way because I feel like People love Gareth Edwards and everybody like Is it Gareth Edwards or Gareth is that
2: no? Um, that seems right, but again, it's, who can it's, trust it's me? It's uh, the
1: raid dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not and,
2: and I think that's why I was like, oh, well, maybe this is a movie that I should look Gareth at.
1: Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans. There it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, not for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I a lot about this movie should have spoke to me. It did not. So that's
2: always frustrating. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, like at that point, I was like, well, I've given this movie so much time that I'm not turning it off. It wasn't like what was it? The bad batch that I watched, re- that I started watching recently. And I gave it like 45 minutes and I was like, whoa, nope, nope, not giving it another, <laughs> no, another batch of my time. Uh, yeah, who, who has the time for that? Yeah. Yeah. And this, I don't know, like it does get better. Like stuff happens, but I just, I don't think it was justified, I guess. So curious how others feel. I don't know. So that was my movie haul for that October. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Yeah. So, with that having been said, how about we take a break and come back and talk about Candyman?
2: Let's do it. Woot.
0: My friends, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain.
1: First time you saw Candyman
2: yeah it was it was very recent actually like maybe the last five years Ooh, okay. six years maybe I did not it was not um I think I have a lot of things to say about this movie <laughs> I do not think that It was never presented to me like a must-see entry. Well, and it didn't
1: have that reputation for the longest time. Mm -hmm. It came out in 92, which was, as I mean, we all remember, horror movies, it wasn't that they weren't good, because, I mean, there were a lot of good horror movies around that time. It's that the slasher boom had ended, Mm -hmm. the next thing hadn't been found, and everybody thinks about the early 90s as just a... Blind spot in horror, and critics at that point had been tired by slashers. So, mm-hmm. even if you put something like Candyman out in front of them, a lot of them just kind of wrote it off as, "Oh, it's another slasher movie," even though it's totally not. Mm-hmm. Um, it
2: it definitely it was something I knew existed, but unfortunately, I don't think Candyman ever. Like the actual character of Candyman ever got the sort of reputation that say a Leatherface sure. or you know a Chucky did and I get that it's from a different time period and it's not the same thing but in a way it is mm-hmm. um, and so actually somebody and I'm so sorry if you listen to the show please tell me your name somebody wrote an amazing article for the um, magazine that I used to own um about Candyman and about Cabrini Green and a, uh, and and that was the first time I watched it when wow. I was editing that article um so geez maybe set more maybe more like seven years ago but I watched it and I was like why yeah. do not why is this not a t-shirt why yep. is this not why is this not Halloween why... costume
1: and everything else why aren't there 12 sequels instead of two
2: like what is it
1: yeah
2: um and in and it deals with a lot of stuff that hits really close to home for me. Mm. Um, a lot of class stuff yep. and a lot of class stuff that movies like that don't usually no, touch upon. No. Um, so yeah, it, it was not. I uh, sadly, it was a blind spot for a very very long time. This was actually only the second time I've seen ah. it too.
1: It's. I mean, the good thing about that is, like, boy, must it have been exciting for you to watch this as an adult and be so blown away? Yeah. I saw it as a kid. I saw it not in the theater, but probably about a year after, like, when it hit video pretty early on. My family rented it, because we did that. So it was probably 93 or 94. It was probably 11 or 12. And I think I sat down expecting it to be like, oh, this is going to be another, you know, a- another Friday the 13th-esque movie. Yeah. And even at the time, like, I didn't really get what it was doing, because I was a kid. I just took it out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the bees are scary. Oh, that's cool. But then... I've revisited a couple of times over the years, and I really think it's a
2: movie that gets better every time. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, um, it's so good.
2: Yeah, um, see, I think seeing it as an adult um, for the first time is is a weird well ending because it, it's almost like why did why is yeah. this not a thing?
1: Well, and what's fascinating to me, one of the things I think watching it this time that I really tuned into was, wow, this is a movie that was that it's a grown-up movie it's it's made mm-hmm. about grown-ups the watching it and the beginning the way she's figuring out that her apartment building her you know million dollar condo is the same design as the projects mm-hmm. the way that's explained in the movie and the way that's kind of come to 12 year old me did not understand that at all
2: yeah like, I totally get that It's it definitely has a I don't want to say more subtle storytelling method, but like it, it doesn't hit you over the head with certain things. Yeah. This well, one doesn't, we'll get into that. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's it's funny. Cause I think as much as this one to me gets better every time you watch it, Candyman too, which we'll get to, um, which I, I I don't think is a terrible movie. I like it, but Brandon make a, made a really good point at the end of it. He was like, you know, every time I watch it, I like it a little less, and it's kind of that because in part you see, especially when you watch them so close, you're like, oh, this movie treats its audience a certain way. Candyman too doesn't necessarily. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So why don't you first? So this is again, this is one of those movies that I think we just have to delve so deep into. So let's just let's not hold back, and we're going to go into detail, and we're going to. If you haven't seen Candyman. We're going to spoil things. If you haven't seen Candyman, why haven't you seen Candyman? Stop everything and go watch Candyman.
2: Also, I think that if you haven't seen Candyman or haven't watched it in, like, decades, and you're like, I don't want to have it be spoiled or whatever, I totally get it, but I don't think it really changes how good the movie oh, God, no. is. I and no, if there's... Yeah. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, I think, it's funny watching it this
1: time and i've seen it a lot it's been a, it's been a couple years since i since i have watched it but even with that i kind of forgot certain things because i guess i'm like oh i remember how it ends like i remember these images but i i still don't like it, because it's not so rote of like oh it's this is a line this is where she's everything has to happen a certain way when yeah. you think of how many things go on right the first half of the movie almost is really not about Candyman, right? It's about investigating These murders that have been going on mm-hmm. And we found the murderer And he's just a dude who pretends to be Candyman Because that has kept him essentially In control of these projects And, it, you know, there's nothing Supernatural going on at all and it's it, So it is, like, it's just such a There's a lot, I think, that I forget about it In that, like, oh, this is It's just such a real movie, I guess And I'm mm-hmm. not used to that with my Quote-unquote slashers
2: no, it is surprising. Like, yeah, it, uh, it's it caught caught me off guard again this time. Like, of the of the the narrative structure is closer to a quote unquote like thriller or yeah. like than than like a ho- straight up horror movie or yep. slasher. So it's uh, yeah,
1: it's interesting. So why don't you give a quick synopsis of Candyman?
2: <clears throat> okay, so this movie is about. Um, virginia madsen helen helen about helen <laughs> you have to say it that he- way helen Helen makes me laugh Be my um, victim. so she is studying like urban, urban legends. legends yeah <laughs> um and she's writing her thesis on like stuff like that and she's interviewing people around campus about like different urban legends and somebody tells her a story about the candyman and how this time Ted Ramey got killed by the candy. Man.
0: <laughs> yeah. How exciting um, was it to see
1: him?
2: I think that Ted Ramey is very attractive, and that <laughs> is all I'm going to say. Moving on. Um, so she hears a story and she's she's like super interested in it, and she finds out that like um they think that the candyman killed this lady. I believe her name is Ruthie, um, in, uh, the Cabrini, Cabrini green project. So she goes with the lady that she is also working Bernadette on. This, Cassie Cass- lemons. Yes. She, who is very good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to investigate stuff in the project and they crawl through walls and do stuff. I have multiple opinions about this, um, <laughs> but so does the movie, which I, I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they meet this lady named Anne-Marie, and she has a baby, and he's really cute. He's a very and she cute te- baby. It's a fucking adorable baby. Yep. And she tells them, like, well, I was here when Ruth got killed. And, like, there's basically, like, Virginia Madsen, a.k.a. Helen, is, is like you've mentioned, solving this mystery. Um, they got into her apartment by pushing out the medicine cabinet and all this stuff. But, like... Look, it's not all that stuff, because yeah. there really is a Candyman, and when you say his name five times into a mirror, five times seems like a strange amount, but whatever. Um, <laughs> well, into we a find mirror, out
1: why in the next
0: movie.
2: I Again, many opinions yes, about that. as do I. Um, he shows up, and he either kills you or, like, kills people you like, depending. <laughs> I don't and know. And it makes your life
1: really miserable for a
2: while. Yes, and so and then it's like... I always feel like Candyman's real, but I guess maybe if you were watching this, you could be like, is Virginia Madsen crazy or is. Hmm.
1: Well, I guess the big question, because I think the movie, yeah, I, I would love to hear somebody give an argument and, like, with evidence of Candyman not being real. But I think the one thing that I'm still unclear about Ruthie, though, did Candyman kill her or did fake Candyman kill her?
2: I I feel like Candyman killed her, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I, that's I never one of the really... things
1: I'm never sure of, and I guess it doesn't matter so much. But it is interesting to go back and think of, like when they talk about the little boy who gets mutilated in the bathroom, was that Candyman or was that well Candyman imposter
2: They so there is another cute little boy in this name, Jake. There's some yes, cute kids. In there there's there. some very adorable and, children. And he tells he brings Helen to like a like a bathroom like a freestanding bathroom outside of the project proper and says like this is where a little boy got mutilated by a candy man and they show a brief flashback and it legit looks like the 70s true so like i don't if that's true if the flashback is of the time period where we're supposed to believe that happened then it can't be this dude true with a very true rando with a hook so like that's kind of why i was like i think this guy's just walking around perpetrating taking it makes sense because i think the
1: idea really what the movie is saying about Candyman is that he (laughs) is there when you like that this myth is is there and is a part of society until it's not or until it's people kind of dismiss it or it gets transferred in this case which Mm -hmm, is like my mm -hmm. favorite thing in the world i've decided
2: yeah, I think that's very accurate and well stated So, I don't know Candyman is all like Hey, Virginia Madsen, Virginia let's Madsen. hang out And I will tell you that I will have some questions about motivation That maybe you can help me with On Candyman's I get li- end? Well, I get a little confused at the end And then Zach and I disagreed about something mm-hmm. Okay. And so then I was like "Ugh!" And then the, se- <laughs> the second movie makes some stuff even fuzzier And yes. then I just get confused But anyways Spoiler alert Helen dies, which is awesome,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and honestly, the only way for this movie to end. Because first, because I forgot for a second, and I thought that she was gonna survive, and mm-hmm. then I got mad, and then she died, and I but was like, "Doesn't oh, cool. she survive?" But she, which is the best. It's yes. the best yep. ending. I don't necessarily so. Her husband's like questionable. Oh god. So Xander Berkeley, I love
1: that he has basically made a career of playing. Smarmy cowardly men.
2: He's so untrustworthy. He's so
1: good at being untrustworthy. He's been, I, I don't think you've watched it the last couple seasons, but he's been on The Walking Dead. And he's, oh, has he? Yes. And his role, <laughs> he's played the perfect Xander Berkeley role because he's basically this smarmy guy who took over this one section but just constantly lies and constantly cheats and constantly says whatever he needs to say to stay alive. And so it's just so perfect, because him as a worm is just such good casting. He, I'm sure he's a very nice man in real life, but man, does he play a good worm.
2: Yeah, he's he's terrible. So in this, he again, questionable at best. Um, I don't necessarily want bad things to happen to him. So I'm not, like, super jazzed. Like, that's not why the ending is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I think the ending is a bit subversive, and that's why I... I, I think it's so satisfying.
1: I think something for me that I kind of applied to it watching it this time is something I never realized before, but this is a movie to me about so the fact that in the beginning Virginia Madsen realizes, oh, my, apart, my condo that I paid a lot of money for mm-hmm. in this very wealthy neighborhood, in this very white wealthy neighborhood, is the same housing as Cabrini Green as these people who live in squalor, who live in fear, who are ignored by by you know authority and I mean she even says it that people were murdered there but it's not until she gets attacked yep. that the police actually do anything about it. And they have been dealing with all of this stuff but also this monster, this candy man who will come and will kill and Seemingly kills innocent people. Does isn't there to get rid of the bad people? Is there just if you happen to call him, he has killed, you know, a a old an old woman and a little boy and all that, and that. But yet it's so they're dealing with that, and now now you have this wealthy white woman who invades and basically ends up reawakening this guy, but then ultimately because of what happens to her and what she does, transfers it to white people. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the movie the To me um, When the Cabrini Green crowd Comes to the funeral and throws that hook down There is something respectful about it That it's them kind of saying like Candyman's dead, we're done, like thank you And they leave And then who gets to deal with the new Candyman But the rich white people
2: So that is a question that I have Were they coming to the grave To pay respect Or were they coming to the grave to see that Candyman was finally dead. Uh, You know? Because, because it, it, she, is she Candyman? Did she steal that baby? And did she, like, do they believe that that is her? I think
1: it's, because it's funny, when it ended, Branning was kind of asking the same things, because we were both like, having seen it before, it's it's never, you know, the movie never tells you, which I kind of, I kind of dig. To me, the fact that she dies digging that baby out, and logistically, she was in an insane asylum for a month. So <laughs> mm-hmm. if you apply any, like, okay, well, what did they know, blah, blah, No, there is – they have to know that there is no way she was keeping that baby alive for five weeks because All she right. was committed. So to me, I think – no, I think when they come there – um I think I think it is a sign of closure, whether whether it's respect and thank you, or whether it's more just closure and this is done, and she mm-hmm. has taken this from us, and we're good to move on. I think, and I, I would, I again, I'd listen to anybody that would argue that what they're also doing is saying, um, you know, yes, we killed the Candy Man, who was a Candy Woman. Like I think, yes, you could be right, and they could have. Read her as really being the one That did kidnap the baby I don't think they do And in part two I think they throw away a line That kind of suggests That the people um, Of Cabrini Green Like thanked her or something Um, So I'm of the mind That they part That they kind of say goodnight to this myth And thank you to this person Who has now transferred it somewhere else all right. I don't know if I'm right. That's just my.
2: No, I, I feel like it's 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 vague and and open as well. I just like to me, there wasn't a thank you. It was like a yeah, like you said, this is this is done. Right. It's not. It wasn't like a, she finally got rid of the Candyman. It wasn't like that. It was like. Okay, this is done. Yeah, no, I don't we think don't, it's. We don't necess- want this anymore. Right,
1: right. It's not like white savior. Thank you. Yeah. All praise, Helen. I don't think it's that.
2: I think it would be easy to read it that way, yes. but I don't think that it's how it was presented, and I don't think that makes sense.
1: No, no, I agree. I think it is just this community who have been through a lot, um, sort of, kind of just coming together to say, like, okay, this is over for yeah. us. there is no Candyman. We are done with Candyman, and then and like then even going into it, because the last image we see uh, after uh, Helen comes back is a the mural of Helen and and I don't know. Yes, yes, that's a, a good point. A question. Yeah. I think Brandon asked this question and I hadn't answered them, but the more I'm thinking of it, I don't know who is it. Is that created or was that painted by the people of Cabrini Green? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: That ending is more vague than I think it appears mm-hmm. um, at face value.
1: Yeah, there is a, a commentary track on my DVD. I did not get to watch it.
2: Mm. So I don't know
1: if Bernard Rose
2: answered those questions. I would be interested. Um, and the, the answers don't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. I Like, <clears throat> like I, I think I mentioned earlier, I think the movie is very good at um, one, not passing judgment on the people who live in this project.
1: No, no, by um, no means.
2: To acknowledging um, Virginia Madsen's um, kind privilege of gro- and. Gross privilege. Yes. She just fucking walks into a murder scene. She is just like a sightseer in this, these people's pain. Yes, like it's really gross. But also, the movie knows that it's, it's not totally, like yeah, it's not like some blindside Sandra Bullock bullshit of like, look at her coming here to there help. There, yeah, to help these poor people. Like they don't want her there. They don't yeah. need her there. Well, and even and,
1: something that I think is really brilliant is in the casting. Is the fact that Bernadette is black. Yeah, and I apparently when this was originally cast uh virginia Madsen was actually cast in the bernadette role and it was a different actress playing helen and that actress who i think was married to bernard rose at the time got pregnant and couldn't do the movie and so bernard rose decided okay i'll use virginia Madsen as the lead and when he did that he it was like i guess around the time that the more he thought about the more he's like you know what i think i need bernadette to be to be a black woman and i think it's I think it's really important in some ways to the movie because it gives you a, it gives you a car a black character who isn't living in the projects, which if you don't have Bernadette, I think it could, then you end up with this very black, literally black and white movie where all the black characters are poor and all the white characters are not. So instead you do have this woman there who kind of uh, gives you a, you know, just it's, it's that whole like, Hey, you need the diversity in the movie so that it's not that and it also lets her you know she and like she doesn't ever really have a, a moment where she has to explain what it means to be black or you know what this means to the projects but you could see just her discomfort with all of it is is there and it's it just kind of feeds into it where you, like you know that she knows this isn't really cool what we're doing and mm-hmm. I don't really belong here either but the two of us really don't belong here,
2: yeah um, yeah the movie acknowledges all those troubling things and it makes it part of the narrative as, as opposed to something that detracts from it, which is I mean honestly best case scenario sure like um, yeah I, 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 don't, I don't know I don't I don't know how this movie exists it's <laughs> it's so on point. And it's not heavy-handed, and it's not preachy, and it's not—it's not a movie about race, but it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it manages to be all those things in like the early to mid '90s. Like, how did it? How did it do it? Well, I think
1: it's- part of what it does is it's a horror movie that doesn't think of its it, like. Because that sounds snotty to say like, oh, it's a horror movie that doesn't think of itself as a horror movie. That sounds really. Um, undermining to horror when I said when I, as I said that because you know what that sounds like that sounds like Philip Glass's realization after he gave the score and was like what the fuck this is a slasher I didn't sign on for a slasher I'm Philip Glass mm-hmm. and it's like this snottiest thing because you're like yeah but do, do you understand like and I mean and, I mean the score of this movie is is incredible uh, but that Philip Glass basically like wanted his name off of it when he realized what he was scoring it, and it's not. It's not that. It's that it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's a damn good movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, is it is written well. It is directed well. It—it it is scary, uh, and it is bloody. And it's you know it maybe you think about it, this. I didn't even realize this. This is ninety-two. It's—it's it's a year after *Sounds of the Lambs* is ninety-one, right? Mm-hmm. And it—you it, know—it's it, really about as as bloody and gory as Silence of the Lambs* in many ways. And you almost wonder if this movie had pulled back on some of the gore, right? If it had even gone for a PG-13 instead of an R and just kind of, you know, we don't need to show all of this when we do. You wonder if on one hand it would have been more respected or not. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been as good a movie. Like, I think you need to see some of what you see. And then along those lines, that it's such a good movie that you can have... Long stretches of dialogue Without needing to see anything And you're riveted The scene where we learn about And this is such a contrast to Candyman too, When we learn about Daniel Ribideau's past And how he became Candyman It's just an actor Telling us Yeah, It is him saying Well back in the 1800s There is a sky in this And there is no flashback There is no need to show this because when it's and this goes back to exorcist three to me where when you have a good actor delivering good dialogue your audience is taken where they need to go and you mm-hmm. don't need to show what but at the same time this isn't a wimpy movie that's like okay but so we won't show when a guy gets disemboweled in front of her like no it goes there because it makes sense to go there this is what candy fucking doing
2: mm-hmm. no you're you're right it it doesn't fall into genre tropes in that what that's what makes it refreshing to watch. Um, I I like that I don't know like and when we when we put on the second one, Zach was like, "I have predictions," and <laughs> the and and all the predictions came true. It was sure. like it was like well, the first one was great and kind of an anomaly. Let's see how many of the things that we are surprised the first one didn't do. But the, st- <laughs> then the, second the second one, one does. And, and it's, it's kind of a shame not to show my hand too early. Um, It's just, it's just a really interesting movie with, with a, an unexpected narrative. And it is yeah. creepy. And like when Tony Todd talks, but he doesn't talk, it's all 80 yard and it's all weird. That's upsetting. Yeah. It's unsettling. And it's... And it's like... It's like an indictment. And and it's like a... a like, hey, this is what happened to me. Yeah. Because people are racist and awful. Yep. But again, it's not... It's not like anybody put... Like is saying, I'm going to make a movie with a message. It's a yeah. movie that just happens to deliver a really interesting message mm-hmm. effectively. I don't know. It's so good.
1: It is. And... It- it's like, it's like almost everything about it's so good. The fact that what they do with Tony Todd's voice, where, I mean, Tony Todd has a great speaking voice. And I guess they must add like a little bit of a amplification to it or bass mm-hmm. to it. But you think of how many times in movies, and I always joke about any movie that uses the demon voice, because usually... A movie can be great and then they have a demon voice and you're like oh why'd you do the demon voice now you're stupid yeah and this movie manages to do it in without it ever being like it's right like it is there is an effect to his voice and it's also yes you have a great speaker delivering it but there is something they do to it and it works and
2: even that is
1: not common for these kinds of movies
2: yeah, it's like a stylistic choice, and it's it's really cool. Yeah, like all of those style
1: choices work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they apparently, they really did film in, in Cabrini Green, and the, what I'd read in the trivia was that it really was that dangerous, that they would, you know, have crew there, and they would have security there, and basically what they did was they got a lot of the, like, young men when they were walking in the building, the extras, they were drug dealers and just people that hung out in Cabrini Green and I mean s- some just residents and some criminals and some not but essentially the crew very quickly was like okay let's see if we can work with everybody around here and I don't know if they paid them or if it was just kind of like hey you guys are gonna be in a movie so can you make sure we don't get murdered while we're here kind of thing and uh then on the last day like the van somebody did shoot at the van Ugh. but something that they also and I forget who I was where I was reading this but after this movie was released, apparently the Cabrini Green did eventually get like torn down and shut down, and they credit in part this movie as kind of showing just how dangerous and underserved it was, mm-hmm. which is interesting in itself. uh, do you know who was the original uh plan for Candyman? No, oh, no. um recall a few weeks back when we covered a little movie called Vampire in Brooklyn.
2: Are you serious?
1: Yeah, at one point, Eddie Murphy was, they had, I don't know if it was the studio or what had wanted him, then he wanted too much money, and then it just didn't happen. And man, imagine (laughs) the world with Candyman starring Eddie Murphy.
2: I feel like we may have dodged a bit of a bullet there.
1: I think the issue primarily would have just been Bernard Rose, I think, came to this movie with a really... Strong vision and, you know, probably had to fight for a lot. And you get the sense that everybody on on the crew, because you didn't really have big names, you know. I mean, Tony Todd was, this was really his first big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia Madsen wasn't a, a diva who, you know, was probably calling, pulling her weight. Like, I mean, she's great in the movie, but she wasn't somebody that they, you know, had to change shooting around type thing. But you wonder if you had a personality like Eddie Murphy, even it, it wouldn't have been an Eddie Murphy comedy, but it seems like it would have been hard to get the movie Bernard Rose wanted if that was the case.
2: That's just mm-hmm. the movie.
1: I don't know. Uh, people smoked a lot in the '90s inside. They? Oh
2: my, it's very, it's still very jarring.
1: It's weird. Like the entire time, I'm just like, God, you must smell so bad.
2: Uh, yeah, like why are you? Why do you guys think this is okay? I don't
1: understand. And people who are smokers, please explain to me. How do you smoke when you're eating dinner? Like, you're drinking wine, you're eating your hors d'oeuvres. How do you, first of all, how do you squeeze a cigarette in between all that? Like, you need one hand. Usually you need two hands. You need a hand on the knife, hand on the fork. So where is (laughs) the cigarette going? That's one question. But, like, if you're drinking wine and eating steak, don't you want to taste those things? How can you have a drag in between? I just don't, I really don't understand. And I'm not a smoker, so I, I really wouldn't understand, but people like how do you do that
2: yeah i'm i'm not a smoker either my mom is She she's never smoked during meals she will smoke okay. after okay but like i don't know it, it it really was like i'm done with this cigarette let me light a new cigarette and yeah. i was like oh boy there's so much it's it's, <laughs> it's just a lot just a lot going on uh and this
1: movie also confirms um the rule of movies which is if you're set in a mental hospital, the orderlies are terrible human beings.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they're just um, the worst. I was, I found it really, I don't know if it was as effective for you as it was for me, but like the reveal of how long she'd been in there was shocking. Yeah,
1: yeah. agreed. I,
2: I was like, what? <laughs> and I know I've seen this before, but I, I guess I really I'd completely forgot that, that part of it. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was disturbed by that. I Mm -hmm. was like, oh no, this is terrifying. Yeah. And then there's
1: one dangling plot thread that I don't think is ever resolved. And it's kind of tragic if you want to look at it that way. So the drug dealer, like the bad guy who, you know, hits her with the hook, who they are pinning the murders on, who we think did commit some of those murders.
2: um, I mean, at the very least he hit her with a hook. Well, yeah,
1: which, yeah, yes.
2: Now, in the
1: end, the right the cop says to her, like, oh, we've never been able to get anybody to testify against him, but now we can because we have you. So what happened? Like, they had to throw the case out, right? Oh, 100%. It's not like she could testify at that point. No. Like, so did the little boy testify or did, like, they just let him free? I don't know.
2: They probably just let him. So train. then, did he
1: go after the little boy who, you know, was a target the whole time? I don't know.
2: Well, the little boy seemed okay at the he end. He did. He did. I
1: hope. I mean, yeah, I hope. This this is what happens if you overthink movies too
2: much. <laughs> I <laughs> hadn't even honestly. I hadn't even thought of that though. So, I think but... I
1: never like just. This was the first time I paid this much attention to watching it. You know, so then it stuck out a little more. I guess where I was very concerned about the logistics of everything.
2: Well, I get. I get why you would be. Yeah.
1: Uh, but it's it's so good
2: it's very good it is it is above average
1: yes yes um i mean without question one of the best horror films of the 90s maybe the best horror film of the 90s Mm -hmm. definitely up there was the exorcist 3 90 or 89
2: i don't think it was 90 i could be wrong
1: though. Um, the exorcist 3 is 90 but 90 is, is like kind of the 80s. It doesn't count. I know, exactly. So, I don't know. This this is up there, if not number one. But it is so good. So, any more to say, or shall we rate it?
2: Um, I don't think so. I'm just thoroughly impressed with it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just so good.
2: It's very good.
1: All right. So, quality of film.
2: Um... 8.5
1: yeah i'm hovering between 8.75 and 9 because i just i can't really fault much about it i guess some of the dangling yeah. plot threads that are kind of bothering me now so 8.75 for me quality mm-hmm. of
2: life um 8.5 yeah it's nine somewhere around there
1: the only shame of it is that this movie just didn't have a bigger influence i think
2: because i Ugh, don't think it was a i flop. know i
1: think it did okay and it, you know, I don't know this well enough, but I would imagine like this, because you didn't have, you know, you think of the what you had in horror for a long time. And so in the 70s, you have a lot of black exploitation where you do have mm-hmm. a lot of very black horror movies. You don't really have many of them in the 80s. And mainstream horror in the 80s is all, you know, slashers where you have typically very white films with maybe a black victim somewhere along the way. And this is a movie that I just wish it had like sparked more, more, more a serious adult horror films, but also diverse horror films. And Mm -hmm. it's always surprising to me that it didn't. And I still, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why it didn't have a bigger influence, but I think it's just the time, like nobody was wanted anything new in horror at the time, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, quality of life still. I guess I don't. I, I'll say yeah, eight point seven five as well.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's refreshing to watch. Yeah. Especially when you've spent almost a month watching things that aren't always refreshing. Sure. Yeah. It, it's. It's like, oh, this is what it can be. Yeah, and why, this is why aren't one... they all this way?
1: Exactly. That is a good. You know, every five years or so, I should sit down and watch this again. mm Hmm. Because I think there's, there's probably a lot to be written about it, a lot more to see on it and all that. But it's good. With that having been said, let's take a quick break and come back and talk about Candyman. Farewell to the flesh.
0: Sugar I'm my candy girl And you got me wanting you Honey Oh sugar sugar
1: So three years after Candyman, we get Candyman 2, or Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh, which was a theatrical release. I vaguely remember it coming out. I don't think it did well at all in the theaters. Uh, it is not much of the same. I mean, really, the only, you have two actors returning, obviously, of Tony Todd and Michael Culkin comes back for mm-hmm. a great opening, I think, uh, and you have directed by Bill Condon, who yep. would go on, of course, to do Gods and Monsters and Dreamgirls and the last two Twilight movies. The last two uh, Twilight movies? Yes. I love Bill Condon. I think he's one of those filmmakers that I put on my list of filmmakers I would love to actually have dinner with, because I think I'd get along really well with him if we could just talk.
0: <laughs>
1: and I'm going to say right off the this was my second time watching Candyman 2. I think, like, the way I said Candyman Candyman gets better. I think Candyman Two gets a little worse on repeat viewings. Ugh. I think per, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think it's better than you would think it is, with it being a Candyman sequel that most people have never heard of. Uh, and I will say, I think that the production, which includes the direction and the location and the actors, I think are much better than the script and story. That's where I fall on this. How about you?
2: Um, I think that i probably agree with the majority of what you said i really so this is in new orleans i really liked that
1: oh yeah I and that is it, its biggest strength i think
2: i thought it served the story and mm-hmm. the narrative really well i this movie
1: understands that it needs something and yeah. what it does is it leans very early on on hey we're in new orleans it's mardi gras so Every scene you're going to have people in masks And you're going to have nope. crazy crowd scenes And you're going to have children dressed up In creepy costumes And we're going to have a radio DJ Just chalking in a great New Orleans voice Throughout the movie And that goes so far Without that I think this movie would really Be a slog
2: mm-hmm. I liked all the kids in it Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of kids in this movie um, I uh, I there's something about it that doesn't work, and I don't know if I cared enough to think deeply on what that something was, mm. um, but it just felt like a slog, it yep. felt boring, it felt predictable. Okay,
1: I, I'm um, not disagreeing with a lot of these things.
2: I, I wasn't, I was nonplussed by the end. <laughs>
1: Can you go ahead and give a synopsis of this movie?
2: Because I feel like a
1: lot of people haven't
2: seen it. I'll do my best. So this movie is in New Orleans, and it starts out with some Candyman shit. And he shows up pretty fucking quick in this movie, especially compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, hey, here he is, everybody. Um, he doesn't talk in a cool, creepy, reverby ADR voice, which is a fucking crying shame. Um, <laughs> and there are so so many flashbacks you could choke a oh, horse with the the amount of flashbacks in this also it kind of rewrites the narrative of the first one, and I'm a little confused to be honest with you yeah
1: so the the way this this connects directly to the first one it is the um Professor kind of know it all professor from the first one opens this movie, having now written a book on candyman,
2: and the book has an amazing cover the the the, <laughs> the flap mirror. Of it is is like a mirror, and you can talk into it and say, Candy candyman,
1: Man, Man, candyman, 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 candyman." I, I don't even know how many times I said it.
2: I don't candyman. know how many times she said it.
1: <laughs> candyman, Candyman, Candyman. See, I think if you say it like eight times, then he does undo some of it. I don't know.
2: Yeah, you say it eight times, and he's like, "Calm down." He's like, "Okay,
1: fine. Now you're just what? being petty." So, the, you know, this this kind of snotty guy is has now written a book and has has ultimately. If you remember in the first film, it was like a big... So he was kind of the, the rival for like, oh, we're going to prove him wrong. We're going to beat him to our yep. book. And in this one now, like, nope, he's written the book and he's got the literary tour. But then very quickly, he gets candyman. He
2: uh, gets candy-maned.
1: And it is... The murder is then... It seems as though it is this young man who comes out of nowhere who uh, is the brother to another woman who... Mm. He, and here's the thing about this movie. <laughs> watching it this time and i've seen it before i was like so at a certain point i started to wonder oh maybe so spoiler alert this movie because again i think it it's just too hard to talk about without going through it at one point i thought wait maybe she's not related to Candyman, because it seems like isn't it so obvious that she's his great 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 granddaughter that almost now we're going to undo that but no like that's kind of the, her connection is that Candyman's girlfriend the woman that he did impregnate before being tortured to death and, and killed had the baby and that baby grew up to have another baby who had another baby mm-hmm. who had another baby who turned into this woman which is kind of weird because it is one of those so candy man's trying to get his great 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 granddaughter as his lover i think is that what's happening in part i think maybe but you're right as far as like okay so he came back He's complete. like I like the idea that he's not coming back to Chicago because nobody in Chicago is saying Candyman anymore. They're all saying well, Helen.
2: I do. There, yes, I do like that. But weren't they explicit in Candyman that he was murdered and ran to Gavrini Green? I don't remember. And shame on I, me. Uh, um, no, no shame on you. I, I feel like and I'll correct me if I'm wrong universe but I really feel like they were super explicit so say they were say they did say he got this This he fell in love with this rich man's daughter who happened to be white and she got pregnant or maybe yeah we did know that in the first one she got pregnant yes, and that's how and, every, they knew. and then he got killed terribly um, and then he ran to Gabrini Green Let's say that that's what they said because I'm pretty sure it is. So were they – they were wrong or were they – that was part of the I think you could – I was going
1: to say, you could kind of very easily justify it as, but there's a candy man in every town. Like, Elm Street yeah, so in every it's town. Just,
2: it's just part of the urban myth
1: that – Right, that and that he, he, he grows hear. in Cabrini Green because you have a populace who is, has fear and so they channel that fear into this creature.
2: Okay, so, so, but because in this this one, it is... It's, like, very literal that, oh, no,
1: this is where he died.
2: No, he was born here. Here's his birth announcement thingy. It's, it's written down in this book I had no problem finding. Um, <laughs> yeah, how did the priest he, get access to public records? Is that a fact? I don't fucking know. Okay. So he was born here in Louisiana, and he... he in this plantation that your family owns so he's literally it all took place in louisiana not chicago which i felt like was a bit of a retcon like oh Mm -hmm. okay it it did which is fine but then then it goes into these like i i i would stand on train tracks for tony todd Mm. but those flashbacks were not good Well,
1: here's the the problem with the flashbacks. I think in the beginning of the film, I think they're used well when it's just spurts of it, when it's just a quick shot of a bee or a quick shot of him running like that's really working. And then you get to the end and it's like a three to five minute. Oh, here's exactly how Candyman dies. But we knew that because we were told exactly how it happened in the first film. I exactly. think it's repeated at one point in this film and now you're just showing me something that I know exactly how it went down. I, why do I need to see it? Okay, I've seen it. And it looks terrible because you're using 90s CGI. Yep. And
2: it felt like a children's production of how he got killed.
1: It's very, like, angry townspeople e, and it, it does feel cheap and even, like, oh and there's a mirror (laughs) like that that's the magic thing there's a there's a magic mirror that you got to smash and it's like no there's not like Like, that's not really gonna be it right because that's kind of
2: dumb i get like the the whole i thought about scream at one point because scream is very explicit and like what do you have to do in a sequel you know that that whole thing and I thought, like, oh, I get it. They need to up the ante. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more violent. There's going to be more murders. There's going to be more Candyman. And there's going to be more backstory. Right. But, like, it was, like, too much. Like, yeah. stop it.
1: Yeah. And, like, it, yeah. Because I think the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, you know what? They, I like that they don't just do a copy of Candyman. Mm-hmm. And... In part, they don't, and what's frustrating is where they don't is so much better, and you're like, oh, you could have done more of that, of it not being that. Because even the fact, like thinking about it, when you were talking about like you like the kids in this movie, I'm like, damn, why wasn't this movie from about their point
2: the, of view about the kid? I loved the kids. So the yeah. main the main blonde lady in this movie is a an art teacher, and the kids in her class are like interesting, yeah, and like. And, like, at one point towards the end, she's like, go get help. And then the help that the kid goes and gets from all the kids other show kids from the class. Yeah. And I'm like, do these kids just hang out all the time? Right, which is weird they're ben fighting be? in the scene before that. I just, like, I wish it had been more about them because it's not that she's boring, but I just feel like the focus on her isn't really earned. Like, right. I don't care. And, like, yeah, because it's,
1: I mean, the actress is fine, the character, like it's a mix, because I like that it's not the same type of character necessarily as Helen. Yeah, and she's likable in that, like okay, like I want, I can see, like she's a good person. Like they establish that very clearly, but that also, she's also like another good blonde white woman. Yeah, and it's it does lack something. Whereas if it was about how I don't know, like these kids are are living with this fear and like that could have been more interesting it also would have been a big switch from the first one it does ultimately turn into once again her being suspected of all these crazy crimes and her having to run from the police and run to Candyman. and like they undo a little bit of that where like the female cop like sees the video and so she's like well yeah. i know that, the, that this wasn't you
2: but it's like okay like so I wish there had been more of that. I was like, yeah. "Oh, so it's not going to be about people not believing this lady? That right, would be right. cool." Because, and you know, ultimately, it's this woman who
1: kind of just—it's also like the way we're saying how interesting it is because a lot, of especially '90s horror, so much of it was you. Your characters are wealthy, right? Like that's a lot of horror movies. It's just easier if you can set it in a really nice house. Mm-hmm. And Candyman kind of twists that I mean Child's Play kind of I was thinking of Because Child's Play is also set in Chicago And in, in, you know kind of in the projects mm-hmm. And it also kind of adds that element of Oh yeah things. <coughs> it's harder when you're poor Because all of these other things That a wealthier version of this character Would have at their disposal You don't have mm-hmm. And then in this movie it's like Okay she's pretty She's from a lot of money And that's always less interesting to me to watch yeah like it's like oh we grew up and we would play here and like oh okay you played in a nice plantation that's nice for you like it just it's instantly like i I remember i can't remember who made this point but somebody i think it was oh god some movie where it was a podcast it was like as soon as a character said like my yacht they just got so much less interesting Mm -hmm. as soon as a character was like oh yeah i own a yacht well now suddenly you're and like look nothing wrong with being rich happy if you're rich i'd love to be rich but I'd rather watch horror movies about people that aren't rich.
0: Yeah, um,
2: it takes away some of the believability and some of the ability to relate. Identify, yeah, yeah, yeah like okay, yeah, and so like I I felt bad for this lady's plight, sure. like, but like I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know there was just there was like a lack of an emotional connection there and I can't say that it was all because of her station in life Mm -hmm. some of it was just like I didn't I didn't get a chance to care yeah like her mom was clearly troubled and her dad was dead yeah we never really know anything about
1: the dad but the dad's such a big part of the story but the whole time watching it I tried to remember I'm like wait so is Veronica Cartwright the descendant or is it her dad and it like I think it says something that I never really remember (laughs) Yeah, and Veronica Cartwright's having fun. Like I love her in this. She's just playing yeah, a young southern southern woman.
2: I just it the interesting things that it had. I don't feel like it used well, mm-hmm. and and then it ended up, even though it seemed to be desperately trying to not be a rehash of the first one, it ended up kind of just being a rehash of yeah, the first one. I would agree with that, but like less but interesting. With a
1: mirror. And, and the mirror,
2: CGI. The mirror really did feel... I'm glad you keep bringing it up because I thought it was just me. The mirror really did feel tacked on.
1: Yeah, it just felt stupid. And it's... Again, this is also one of those things that I feel like so many... A, a lot of horror movies do of oh, this time you have to bury Freddy Krueger's bones in a c- consecrated grave. Oh, this time you have to kill Jason by um, drowning him in Camp Crystal Lake, like all those sort of, when every movie installment, you suddenly change the rule of, oh, this is how you kill him. And when it's something so specific, like an object, especially when like in the last film, the whole idea of, oh, Candyman has haunted Cabrini Green or, but the stories have spread. So maybe, yeah, my cousin's cousin's friend's boyfriend in New York said Candyman came to him. Like, and so the idea that oh yeah, but it's this one mirror somewhere in a Louisiana plantation that's going to kill Candyman is just really stupid.
2: Yeah, it's it, it doesn't work, and I wish I. But like it has that that sequelization thing. Like we got to up the Annie. Yeah. But like that's not interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know what is interesting though?
2: What the CGI. <laughs> You you keep mentioning it. I don't really remember it.
1: It's really only huge at the very end when when the when the magic mirror undoes Candyman.
2: Oh um, he, Oh my God. Yes. And he yes. he turns into glass. Yeah. Okay. He gets like he, first. There's like
1: an electric current running through him, and then his yeah. he kind of gets cubed, like where body parts fall off. But it's very oh. Oh, no, no. It's also reminiscent of when they first started doing 3D on horror films. And then you watch them on cable now and you're like, oh, oh, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And again, it's a shame when that's happening to Tony Todd. Because you're like, oh, Tony Todd could have just acted that. You didn't need a single effect. He could have made me believe that his body was melting.
2: Oh, Tony Todd's the best. Um...
1: The other great 90s thing about this movie, some of the fashion, but in particular... The scene where um, she's had, like, a date night with her husband, and she's all dressed up. I don't know if you I remember do, this. I do remember this, Her yes. hair is, like, I'm looking at her hair, I'm like, oh, my God, that is such 90s hair. Because what it is, it's a 90s updo, where it's, she has kind of short hair, but she has it, like, half back, but it's all those tiny little clip, clip yep, barrettes yep, that yep, she's yep, got, yep. like, poking it up. So it it's, it's if you ever watch charmed, like... I didn't really watch Charmed, but I could look at their hair all day long, because it was this weird thing we did in the '90s where it's like, what if I just added more clips? Yep, <laughs> then it's gonna I, look good. Yep, just so many clips,
2: as many so as many you can.
1: Yeah, Ooh, A sparkly clip, even better. It was, it was, it was how we we did things. Oh,
2: it was a time. Um, so while I think that we're in agreement that this is not the worst sequel ever it was not a worthy sequel to this movie no um
1: i guess i always kind of feel a need to defend it because i think it to me it really is a case where you just have a really terrible script and story and, the, and some of the dialogue. And, like, you just have a terrible movie. Like, some yeah, of the dialogue the, is. The bones painful. of this
2: movie are just awful.
1: It is, yes, that's it. The bones are really bad, but then you put skin over it. And by skin, I mean good actors. You give it to a director who's has a good eye, um, who can, you know, kind of uh, bring different things out to understands oh hey I'm filming in Louisiana let me make the most of that mm-hmm. and so and like and I like the opening I actually really the the opening five minutes I'm like yeah this is it this is gonna be great and then it's not uh but I yeah so I guess I always feel like you know it's not nearly as bad as everybody probably thinks it is but it's not great
2: no yeah I agree I was disappointed but maybe if the first one hadn't been strong, I wouldn't have been so disappointed.
1: Yeah, if if this if you'd watch this out of context, It's just like, oh, it's the part, it's Wrong Turn two. That's a bad example because Wrong Turn two is amazing. Um, it is uh, Final Destination two. Let's say like where it would just feel like, okay, yeah, this is this is on point. And I say that too. I love Final Destination two. But there's something the the step down is so huge because it's just how does anything stay in step with Candyman? Yeah. Having said that, I also spent this episode saying how much I loved Exorcist 3. So,
2: Oh, it was really good. I was now, very
1: impressed. There is a third Candyman movie
2: called yes. Day
1: of the Dead, and it is set in Los Angeles. And I'm oh, really is mad there I didn't a mirror get a chance in that to watch one? it. I don't know. Uh, I'd seen like five minutes of it a long time ago. I never got to watch it. Brannon has it like recorded off of a vhs on dvd and i was going to try to watch it before this episode but i just didn't get the chance so hopefully i will probably watch it over the weekend or something well let me know if it's
2: worth looking at yeah i I think
1: most people kind of say it is the least of the candy man (laughs) movies so i'm not imagining it's going to be very good but who knows i mean people people probably said that about the third exorcist movie too and you know there's one thing you've learned from this episode people i hope it's to watch that movie
2: if that's the one thing you walk away with, then I think that we did we our done jobs. have done
1: our jobs. Yeah. Um, that and, like, just the lessons learned from this movie of what not to do in a movie.
2: Ugh. What, don't ha- introduce a mirror that doesn't really make don't any sense? Don't
1: introduce a MacGuffin that isn't a MacGuffin because it actually is important. Don't um, Don't show things you don't need to show. I think that's the upsetting thing. Because again, like in Candy Man, we had this beautifully written spoken explanation of how Candyman yep. came to be in Candyman too, we have this really cheaply made old timey flashback scene with everybody overacting and looking way too clean uh with terrible CGI, and it just takes a lot away.
2: It does I mean sometimes less is more, yeah, yeah you don't me. you don't need to hit me over the head with that no,
1: no, you do not. So, do you have much more to say about Candyman, Dave the Dead?
2: I don't think so. I think my thesis statement for this episode is if Candyman hadn't been so good, then Candyman 2 might not have been such a failure. Sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I do wonder at the end, like, so how, how does um, not Helen, I can't remember her character's name, like, how does she I, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess we do because we get the coda of her daughter so she seems okay, but like just seems like the police department has a lot to answer for after that.
2: Oh boy! Yeah. Oh,
1: speaking of, I can't believe we did this episode without talking about the best bad cop attitude ever in this movie.
2: Oh, that super Polish-looking guy,
1: super angry cop.
2: Yeah. Oh, he was. There was some. There was some interesting choices. Yes, and side characters yep. and stuff in this. I. Didn't really understand where he was coming from.
1: Well, yeah, and that's one of the things I think, again, like, I like about this movie is that it just seems like choices are made in some cases. And I like the character choices are made. Like, the husband is a really distinct character. He's kind of doofy, he's kind of geeky, but he's, like, really, like, really earnest. And so when he dies, it's kind of, you are like, oh, okay, that's that's sad because you knew he was a good, good guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cops... They give enough interplay between these two cops where, you know, this guy is such a raging, angry man that it just is such a choice. Uh, <laughs> and then the same when you meet the, um, I, I'm sure the actor looks familiar, but I can't think of who it was, the guy who has the, the guy, who, the mirror deliverer, if you will, the guy who yes, gets to tell us yep. about Matt Clark, uh, Honoré Thibodeau, who gets to tell us all about this haunted mirror and like that's a choice like that guy is really new orleans and really creepy and there's something off and his girlfriend's kind of weird and there's just weird things going on that you're like yeah like lean into this more movie because you've got it there and if you just gave in he could have been really neat but instead it had to focus on kind of like why doesn't she have a new orleans accent
2: no i i thought that too it was it was weird who didn't who didn't yeah
1: like Veronica Cartwright raised her and Veronica Cartwright's dripping with a Southern drawl.
2: Mm-hmm. How did her daughter escape that fate? Um, yeah, it's, I don't, I think sometimes, I think maybe this movie would have benefited from like, like a, just a quick little reevaluation of what their, their goals were. Like sure. what are we setting out to accomplish? Yeah. And it, cause I think <laughs> it
1: ultimately, I think what it really, what would have been better is if it had a little more fun. Too. yeah because i think the fun elements are there and like i pull them out because that's the movie i wanted to see i think but it and again whether this was studio i don't know but that finale is just so okay here's the big action sequence and it yeah 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 it's disappointing but oh well uh all right so quality of film for candy dave did uh, six point yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, I was gonna go six point two five. And I know yeah. people don't believe us that we don't like that we just say <laughs> the same number, but I really was. I'm like yeah,
2: six, six point two five. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not awful by any means, but I mean, it's not. It's not a worthy follow up to the movie we just talked sure. about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So quality of life.
1: Six. I was really bored. Mm, okay. Um, I enjoy this a little more than that. Uh, I, I'd probably go 6.75, because I, I I, don't mind watching it. If it's on TV ever, which I don't know that it ever is, Um, I would probably watch it. I don't know that I'll ever, like, think again, ooh, I feel like watching Candyman 2. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. But,
2: but if it was in front of you, you wouldn't turn it off? I wouldn't turn it off, yeah.
1: Eh, depending. Like, if there was a really good Lawn Under SVU episode on another channel, I might, you know? It depends. <laughs> Like if, oh, but if it was like didn't... a monitor episode with Olivia's awful son Noah, I probably would be like, "No, I'll just watch Candyman too." You know, it depends.
2: I think that's the most Emily thing you've ever said.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: it's
1: have you watched the
2: show since she has a since she has
0: a child no, now? I oh have not. God.
1: Oh my god, it. The storyline to get him was actually pretty cool because he was like an abandoned baby from a case she was working on, and she would keep showing up at court to make sure that he was okay. And finally, the judge is like, "Do you want to adopt this child?" Because I guess that's the thing that happens when you're Olivia Benson.
2: Look, if you just show up enough, they're you like, "You do, you're yeah, happy yeah." Start. So people
1: that are having trouble adopting just start going to court, and eventually they'll give you a terrible baby. Because then, as soon as she got this fucking baby, everything was awful. Every other episode is essentially a lesson on how hard it is to be a working single woman with a child. Every episode comes down to somebody being like, Oh, the school called. They need you at Noah's school as she has to go help a rape victim every time. And then the kid, like then Brooke Shields becomes is his grandmother and she tries to kidnap him. His father tries to get custody of him. There's like all this shit going on. And then the worst part of it is that the kid is an asshole. He's like six or seven now on the show and they've decided to make him like Misbehaving and he's just a prick And it's impossible to watch and not Want this kid to just get like Kidnapped and, and murdered so that Olivia can live her life The way she was meant to do
2: So that show is still on Oh with, yes like, new- oh, It is boy. in
1: its 19th season and premiered in 1999 It is going to be 20 years Of Law and SVU soon <sighs> Christine. And if you're wondering if they've Repeated stories and guest stars Oh my god yes they have Uh, There are entire episodes where I'm like wait Didn't I watch this entire episode Oh but now he's guilty instead of innocent Okay.
2: Oh boy For a while her nemesis was that super hot dude That then ended up in a bunch of like Heist gun movies Um, I don't remember I don't know his name He's Um... somebody's half brother Something Schreiber. He's like, leave Schreiber. Oh my God! Brother. Yeah, Pablo,
1: Pablo Schreiber.
2: There Schreiber. he is. Um, uh, I knew, I knew we could do it yeah, together. Oh, yeah, don't
1: you worry. I, I got you. Uh, William <laughs> something. Is his character's name? I there's. Like I've seen all those episodes. episodes with him, and I hate all yep. of them. I hate I've them. I've Seen it's, those? they love so. Them so nasty. Much. <laughs> he's he's great. Like he is good. He shows up in everything. He's fine. But those episodes are so nasty and mean, and they always end up making Olivia's life <laughs> harder. And it's already hard enough because she's got to deal with an asshole
2: son. I heard. I heard that kid's awful. Oh, he's, so, he's so,
1: He's the worst. He's the worst. If, like, I'm sure anybody that watches SVU agrees with me, but if there is anybody that can defend Noah, tell me so then I could, like, unfriend you and know that you're just have no taste in life. Because the kid's just the worst. He's the worst. He's, Christine, he's terrible. He's the worst. The worst. The worst. <sighs> anyway. Now, um,. <laughs> <laughs> Along those lines, I believe you can stream Lawn Order SVU episodes, so hey, if you need a Netflix recommendation. There um, you go. But no, realistically, what is your non Lawn Order SVU streaming uh, <coughs> okay. recommendation?
2: Well, mm-hmm. I'm really excited <gasps> because this is a movie that I was going to tell everyone they had to watch, and then it just, we rented it, and then it showed up streaming. Ooh. So I'm very excited. It is a Hulu recommend, um, and it is called Ghost Stories. Okay. Um, and it is really great. And I meant to look up the name of the actor. I'm gonna do it really quick. But basically, um, I had heard some people talking about it. Um, so we put it on our October list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was amazing. It yeah. is. But see, that's it's funny because I I like I was floored by it. I like would have given it like a nine point five out of ten. I think it's amazing, and um, I recommend it to my mom, and she was not impressed.
1: Ooh, interesting.
2: So it is. Um. There are some interesting themes in it. Um, I feel like you could get a lot out of it if you want to. If you're not really looking. To find a lot of meaning in your horror movie, then maybe it's not for you. Okay. It's based on a play, a stage play. Ooh, interesting. Um, and parts of it play like that, but I think in its to its benefit. I really like it. I think. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was iffy until I, I've really got what they were trying to convey, and I was like Jesus. This is the most successful horror modern horror movie Ooh. I've seen, um, but I would I would like to hear other people's opinions on it. Um, interesting,
1: I'm I'm fascinated because I have never heard of this movie.
2: It's it's British. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Martin Mar- Freeman is in it. Martin Freeman's in it. He's very very good in it. Martin Freeman is like the British Elijah Wood. Ooh, <clears throat> he you're makes right. really he makes really interesting choices, and he like puts his his name behind really interesting things. And didn't uh, he he played Bilbo, didn't he? Oh yeah, they're
1: both they're both, they're both they, they, uh, yeah. that,
2: that makes so not, much sense it, now. That was not an intentional thing. No, I but just, it makes I just so think much it's sense. so cool because like I was on the bottom floor with the Sherlock thing. I was very much on the internet and on Tumblr when Sherlock hit in People went crazy about it and fell in love with him. And I was like, "Well, I like him from The Office." Mm-hmm. It's interesting that all you people like him, and and then he ended up in the Lord of the Rings movies. Sure. And but then when you're not looking at that stuff, his other his ancillary stuff is so interesting. Hmm. Like he he's in that zombie movie that's on Netflix, right? That right? I right? Yeah. Cargo. Yeah. Cargo. 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 I think. Yeah. Um. But, like, he's so interesting, and he's really, really good in this. And I think it's really, really interesting. And it's about, like, in my opinion, it's about the dangers of um, being complicit. And um, I think it's very, uh, you know, important in our current hmm. climate okay. about about just letting things happen and allowing things to happen around you and thinking that it's okay hmm. because you didn't do it. Um, it's, it's, it's good. I liked it a lot. Ooh. But, like I said, my mom, who you know, discerning tastes was not sure. impressed.
1: I am definitely going to check it out. I am, I'm really intrigued by that.
2: So I hope you like it.
1: I hope I do. Um, My instant recommend is not a good movie. It is a terrible Ooh. movie, but man, did I have fun with it? And I wasn't drunk, but if I was drunk, I would have had so much more fun with it. This is on Amazon prime. And it's a little bit like kind of, if you're still in a Halloween hangover and you still want a little more Halloween, Then why not watch 1986's, I think, Trick or Treats? Uh, (laughs) This, I don't even, like, I don't really have words. This movie is one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. It's really bad. Uh, It it has some people. David Carradine's in it. Why not? It feels like everybody in this movie was blackmailed into being in the movie. Steve (laughs) Railsback is in it, but he's never in a scene with anybody else. Like, it feels like, oh, they shot his film his his scenes in a day somewhere really far removed from everybody else and he doesn't actually know what kind of movie he's in. He's just reading a script. Um like he's he's playing an actor who's playing Othello, but it's never mentioned that why is he white if he's playing Othello? Or why is Othello uh-huh. like, it's, it's very odd. But this is a horror movie, I think. Maybe. Maybe it's a comedy, I don't know. Uh dude is committed Couple years later his wife who had him Committed is going away For the night with her new husband David Carradine And she has a babysitter come to Watch her terrible awful son And On the same day her husband escapes from The mental asylum and is coming To the house to kill her I guess and maybe the son I don't know He never acknowledges that he has a son So it's very confusing The actress like the lead actress is is Really cute Um This, like, it's one of those things where you wonder, is this her first movie or is this her first time, like, wearing human skin kind of thing? (laughs) Oh, no. It's just, like, watching her try to hang up a phone in this movie, she has to hang up so many phones and she never seems to understand how to do it. It's just weird. It's really bad. Uh, It's, like, it's incompetent. And the director is a fascinating guy who... Worked with Orson Welles. It was like Orson Welles' last assistant and also was his DOP on some things. Mm-hmm. But then ended up basically making a shitload of porn where he directed films. Oh, my God. some of, It was like Cape Rear and um, Maverick, which just oh makes me my. laugh. Like a whole bunch of those kinds of movies. And then I think this was the only like non-porn film that he directed And it's just – it's also, like, the least sexy horror. Like, there's nothing sexy in this movie. And, like, clearly they're – like, here's – like, the lead's really cute. And she's wearing the kind of shirt that you're like, oh, she's going to have to unzip that. But, like, there's no nudity. There's no sex. It's blatantly unsexy. It's just really strange. And it's just one of those – like, it almost feels like the room levels of just – this isn't how you make a movie how do they make the movie this way there's there's so much going on and it, it's a i would say if you were ever to do a hey i have a bunch of friends over we want we want to watch a movie in mst3k it yeah. this is a good one to do it to.
2: oh man and i've um, never heard
1: of it with good reason i
2: guess i can't tell if this is a recommend or not it's like almost like a challenge it's,
1: <laughs> it is a i don't know if you guys are like in a mood to watch something stupid that you can make fun of the whole time he
2: always is then watch that's I, I, I have to fight against it every day of my fucking life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well on the day that you don't feel like fighting
2: okay when i want to give in yes. okay and you said it's on prime right it's on
1: amazon prime and it's yeah. such an amazon prime movie like yeah, it sounds you, like it. it starts you're like oh yeah this is so amazon they
2: have prime. the strangest movies they do
1: it's they took all the movies that netflix like when netflix raised their standards on streaming it's like they got rid of all of these movies that had either poor transfers or terrible movies and amazon was <laughs> like yep we'll take them and I love it because there are some really terrible movies there that I, the world is better for having,
0: oh and my. For having easy
1: access to. So yeah, sugar treats. Uh, okay. So on our next episode, uh, I believe we are going to have a guest star. Do you remember talking about this?
2: Well, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you, I thought you were pausing for like dramatic effect, but I guess you were pausing <laughs> to see if I knew what you were talking well, about. both
1: things really, because sometimes, sometimes, Christine's got a lot going on in life and she gets sick a lot. So sometimes I know she doesn't remember everything. Um, but we are going to have on, and we just have to get coordination down. So if it's not this episode, it will be a future episode. Um, some of, many of you know him. He posts in the Facebook group quite a lot. It is Keith Allison who has written a wonderful movie and pop culture and alcohol book called Cocktails and Capers. Uh, I've read it. It's really, it's a great read and it's, it talks about a lot of movies I've never heard of or thought to hear of. So we were trying to go back and forth and figure out like, Ooh, I want to do movies that he covers in the book because there's some that sound really good and some that are also just kind of, and a good embodiment of the movies he talks about. So what we settled on, and we have to just make sure we can get them, but I'm sure we can, is um, Danger Diabolique.
2: Mm-hmm, which I've never seen. I've
1: never seen either. <laughs> and another movie that I'm trying to remember if I have the title right, I believe. It is called The Jewel Robbery, I think. And this is a earlier, I think, pre-code uh heisty comedy that sounded really fun okay that that is the plan we will we'll get those movies. we'll find them uh and i'm excited for that so that's what we're looking to do next
2: how exciting Uh,
1: isn't it though and don't forget to buy christine's books
2: yeah and if you're around you should go see emily talk about stuff
1: thanks Uh, on that note people i think there's only five things left to say christine do you
2: agree Yes, Helen, okay. Helen. 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 <laughs> Helen, <laughs> Helen. I, I, that's what I'm gonna do. If I ever have a kid near me, I'm gonna say like, "What you do is you go into the bathroom, look in the mirror, say Helen." <laughs> Helen. But you have to again,
1: throaty, sexy Tony Todd sex. That's that's what it's got to be. Yep. Helen. There. We, ow. Ow. Ooh. Would that hurt? Yeah. Don't strain your. No. We're we're gonna take a break then. All right, folks. Good night.
2: Night.
0: Hey Paul, let's go and get the row and push Paul down the aisle. I wanna see the Christmas tree, then so dodo Have a big time and cut a shine where all will be gale. Oh Santa Claus will come tonight, down on the pile.